Praise the Lord. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, I, I just saw Hope Prize when we sing that, home, uh, that song. In spite of what we see, what we hear, when God called Ezekiel into a, a place and in the Valley of Tribones, Bible says it was a, they were very dry bones. He didn't, you know, he didn't try to minimize what was there. But for him to heal us, he has to expose where or what we are now. And so we, we've gone through many things. If there was a time we have heard people speak things, people prophesy things, people complain it has been these last two years. Sometimes we talk like God doesn't exist. As if the church belongs to us. As if by our own power we can change anything. He said, without me, you can do nothing. That has not changed. And so, it is him we need to take hold of. For any change or significant turnaround, it has nothing to do with us other than abiding ourselves before him so that as we align to his will, he will do it. He said, I will build my church. He never called any one of us to build. He called us alongside him. As he builds his church. I want, to know, I want you to know that no matter how dry the land looks. No matter what the enemy says. This dry bones shall live again. There is hope. That, 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 that from the ordinary eyes what we see may not be possible. Things look bleak and hopeless. How can you even think of a dry bone? It was dead. And not only dead. It was exposed in a valley. And is very dry. It has to take God for that kind of bone to live. But remember, it was not just a bone. Once it was a human being. Once it was driving with hope and passion. It was dreams in these dry bones. It was hope in these dry bones. But somehow, they died. But God can resurrect again that which died. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, I thank God for the opportunity to share the word with you today. I see Pastor Rick and his wife here too. Hallelujah. And all of you, we have an opportunity to serve God like never before. I'll read in the book of Timothy. I just want us to remind this church and provoke you again to remember why do you exist as a church? Is it a place to come to fulfill a Sunday routine? Or do are you given a commission, a prophecy, a, a word to fulfill us into this region? Is it a tradition that we have praise fellowship 
or did it flow from the heart of God? And are we aligning to that very purpose today? Can we look, putting our, our personalities and differences aside, are we fulfilling the burden from heaven? That which God has for this community transcends personalities. It is his heart. And what, some of the things we are praying for may not be answered because the avenue, the vehicle to bring that change is in what God has constituted this body. I know we think that individually we can do a lot. No. God never created us an island. We need to understand and be committed to that which God has called us to. Hallelujah. In the first Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, read up to verse 19. This church I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Having faith and good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwrecked. Shipwrecked, rather. Father, thank you for this word. I bless you for your faithfulness and for your heart for this community. May your will be established for nobody can thwart your purpose. That which you propose to shall come to pass. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the battle that the enemy has against any one of us has never been against you in particular. Some of us are too, we are not so much important to the devil to invest too much in a fight unless we have something more important than that. Why do you think the enemy is fighting? Hallelujah. So the thing is, the moment the purpose of God is revealed upon our lives, the enemy begins to attack. The moment you are about to ascend into that level of what God has called you to do, the enemy is against it. He's, he's not fighting you for material things or intellectual capacity. He's coming against the divine purpose of God in your life. And so it, 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 the devil doesn't particularly know what your true purpose is until a prophetic word comes, until God reveals it. And that releases him to try to thwart it, to fight it. And that's why when you become a Christian and you think you're called in the kingdom uh, business, you see attacks like you've never seen before. It doesn't mean that God has ignored you or God has left you. It is that there's a sign that you are onto something that the enemy is afraid you'll fulfill. It should not cause us to wonder where is God. Rather, God help me fulfill what you've called me to do. And so, Paul reminds Timothy. He tells him, he, judged, uh, he, he makes him understand the battle he should wage should be in reflection. To be, uh, 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 he should understand why the enemy is fighting. But rather, his purpose is the reason the enemy is fighting. And therefore, because of that, he should use the word, the, prof the purpose of God, the prophecy he received... 
the vision he received to fight and, and not give up. It will be the reason for prayer. It will be the reason to fast. It will be the reason to live in love. It's a reason to be and to fight and be committed, disciplined, because you have something to live for. Don't live anyhow. Don't just go through day in and day out of life. There's something significant you have to fulfill. And because of that, the enemy is against you. But which fight a good fight? It's life is a battle. You know, we, 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 we are now discussing corona and other things as if it's just a story. It's a sickness. And sickness are to be healed, not to be discussed. There's no need to negotiate what is this or that. The key is either we see a doctor, we get healed, or pray God can heal us too. Whatever sickness it is, it needs to be healed. And God has provision for it. Whether it's on a national level or on an individual level, we know this. By his stripes, we were healed. Now, I know that we are not seeing this much results, and therefore, do we remove that word from the Bible? No. It's a word from God. And many other things that we need to fight. Praise the name of the Lord. The moment Joseph had a dream, his brothers turned against him. And the words they said, let's see what will become of his dreams. Let's kill him now. They were not just killing Joseph. They were killing the, what they were afraid of is the, the dream Joseph carried. Let's slay him and see what will become of his dreams. The enemy is after that which God has, a divine seed that God has planted, the promise of God over your life. He will frustrate you until you think God is not interested in anything you're doing. But you have a promise, you have a prophetic word, you have a vision, you have a dream. And that is what he will frustrate. And once that is frustrated, you'll never know peace because you are not aligning your life to the purpose you are created for. Where there is fulfillment and peace. Where there is genuine joy is to fully do that which God has called you to do. We may not be the same. Some of us are different. We have been called in different offices and different things. But you need to understand and protect that in prayer. Protect that by faith. Hallelujah. And as I stand here, I don't think that a Sunday like this I can bring a word that would change you. Other than provoke you and, and, and stir you to understand as a church. If there's any church I've been to and many times I've been here, has received prophecy. Do you think God speaks so that we look prophetic? Why? He has an agenda. He has a, a future, preferred future he wants us to step into. He, the, the prophecy is, is, is just unveiling what God intends to do. He's showing us a glimpse of what we, st we should step into. And it should start our heart to pursue it with everything we got. Because if that is fulfilled, some of the prayers we pray will be already be answered by that vision being fulfilled. Hallelujah. There are things prayer will never answer until we, we, we align to the purpose of God. Because some of the blessings, some of the things are already ours when we fulfill that which God has called us to do. They're aligned. Some blessings are aligned to the purpose of our life. And therefore, they cannot be answered outside that. 
Hallelujah. And so, why do you exist in this community? Yo, you should, my sister, my brother, that you are the light in this place. You have been given a mandate as a church and given favor like no church in this region. Hallelujah. From the very beginning, you are a missionary church. A church that went out. You, from the very beginning, you are praised. That way you derived your name. Therefore, I just felt as you worshiped this morning, that the heart of this house. Hallelujah. You should go to your strength, not to your weakness. You should not look like another. Look like that which you are called to be. You are more than enough to bring the revival, the hope, the light in this community. We don't need more people. We need more of God in us. But in spite of our differences, but our dream that God has given cannot die. You can sell Joseph to Egypt, but he'll rise. The key is, let me tell you something though. It is not that you, if you fail, the dream of God for this community will fail. No, it won't. It will be delayed, but it won't fail. For the purpose of God will never be twisted. He said, if you cannot do this, Mordecai told Esther, God can raise another who will do these things. When the old people will not go into the promised land, God said, I'll raise a generation that in, that, 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 that's coming before you and they will go into promise. His, what he promised, what he intended to do, he, already in heaven he has seen it fulfilled. But human instrument may fail, but he will raise another. But we, why should you give that portion given to you to another? It is our turn to stand up and say, God, we have read of, of history in lands like New York, now what we, we judge label as liberals is the place where revival hit this country like nobody's business in New York, from Utica and Rome and Massachusetts. Even in Los Angeles, there was so much revival and now we can see tribunes in some areas where God once moved. Is it possible for God to do it again? Is it God, possible for God to re reawaken that which? And for you as America, I say what I said before. You have a history with God. Some people are pioneering. We are, some of us are pioneers of things God is doing. But you have a history with God. I know we don't need to go into that. But you do not dig the well. You redict the well that is now full of debris. You have something. You have a point of reference to say God did it before. He can do it again. Hallelujah. God moved in your land. Do you think there's any government that can restrict the move of the Holy Spirit? If we are hungry enough to unleash, to let him flow? And so we should not pay attention. In fact, God is not worried about the, 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 the things. I know you are, but uh, let me tell you this. He said, if my people, not the governments, but the key word is, if my people shall humble themselves, we are too proud for God to do anything. You, you may say no, but I will tell you the truth. It is me. And me. And myself. 
Almost everything is what people are doing to you. We are not humble. But God revives the broken and contrite of heart. People who see in themselves nothing. Who say, God, we have failed and without you we are not moving forward. Unless that resounds from our heart, from a place of, of, of brokenness, it will be very hard for God to do anything. For his power is perfected in our weakness. We must acknowledge we have failed. Rather than fight and rant, we need to go to our knees and say, Father, we have failed. But you have not. You will never fail. And God never fails. And one thing that never fails is love. If what we are doing is not founded on love, it's bound to fail. Why do we do what we do? Is the love of God and love of people the foundation? God said, if you love one another, the world will see and know that send you. We're using so many things to prove to the world that we are Christians. But God said, no, I have only one thing. It is not the patch, it's not the cross, it is love. It's not the pumper sticker that we put on our car or anything else. Nothing wrong with that. But the heart is what will tell the world when we love one another in genuine love. It doesn't mean people are perfect. People will not be perfect. Some people, you may not like them, but you, you owe them love. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because that God is love. And love never fails. It, that, that is where... You realize you're loved in spite of your weakness and therefore humility comes in. Me and God loves me with all I am. And sometimes people say you are nothing, you're not good. Say yes. If it were not for God, I wouldn't even want to raise my face. It's true. Who is sufficient to these things, the Bible says? Nobody. And they're from a place of brokenness in our church. Humility is what attracts grace. And as a church, we are praying, but prayers won't go far. We can, the foundation is humility for when we begin the work of God. The reason we are not going far is that we are not humble enough. We have too much of our own opinion into the issue that we, have no, we cannot hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. How can he speak when you are speaking? How can you know the will of God when you are establishing your own will? I think it's time we drew back and cried out to God. Father, we do not know what to do. Help us. And from here, let every prophecy come to pass in Jesus' name. Because God is more than willing. God is ready. One man came to our city and he was preaching. And uh, he made a few statements years ago. He said, while men are waiting for God to move, God moved. 2,000 years ago, he's waiting for men to move. It's in our brokenness that we give him permission. We become the vehicle of his divine power. When we teach one another the word of God in love, Hallelujah. We see results.
What do you think? <laughs> this is almost, I, 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 mean, I live in Tulsa now. It's a little bit big city uh, compared to Warren. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But why do you think God raised a church of this caliber in this rural setting? Hallelujah. Yes. He has a purpose. And, and I'm asking you, each one of you, even as every Sunday you come and write that check and give that money, why? We don't question ourselves. We do things routinely. That is your life. How can you plan your life in a place you are not careful to commit yourself to? With a prayer and say, Father, as I put this, this is my life, let it pray. Let's be alive to why we are here. And some of us have been Christian long enough. What we want is to see others be transformed and changed. We are here because of our children and grandchildren that the song has said. We want to leave them a model and an example to follow. A place they may not understand God today. They may rebel and go. But you still have a point of reference. When they hit the wall, they will remember mother's prayer. They will remember my mother. They remember the church. People will come. I'm not worried dry bones can live again. Hallelujah. But there has to be a place where we begin to speak the word of God again. We need to teach the word of God again. There is an army that is already broken in dry bones, scattered across this land. We should never, ever be helpless, regardless of what is going on. We are not the only church that is facing a pagan culture, a militarized nations, things that are against Christianity. We are not the first. The church was born in such a setting where you, you either say Caesar is Lord or Jesus is Lord and you die, but yet people stood the ground and believed God to bring change. As grandparents, please, you saw a few things that were good and you can look back and wonder what this generation is going to be like when you look back to what you was for me years ago. Don't you ever give up. When you look in the face of that grandkid and you see, do you see hope or do you see failure? Hallelujah. And can you not send forth prayer for their future? Can you just sit okay and hope by chance it will be okay for them? It was not like that for you. Somebody prayed. They say America is not the oldest country in the world. It's a country that has existed for a long time, like Britain. It was quite an empire. And while Britain was ruling the world until they said the sun never sets on the British Empire, because they were in America, they were in Hawaii, they were in Japan, they were in China, and when the sun rose there, it was setting here, they're there. Everywhere the sun rose, there was a British Empire. But what people forget is, at that zenith of their power and influence, there were men like William Wilberforce, there were men like Spurgeon, there were men there praying, and there was a sudden revival that we now read. We, we don't see it. people like, like John Wesley, Charles Wesley. There was something going on there that caused them to rise. And then America came about, and the reason is you prayed. You became God's vehicle. A lie to the world. You are gifted as a nation. You are called to the nation. I was telling anybody, the reason you are staying is not because you are superpower. The reason is because as I speak today, you go to any village 
in Africa, in any place in the country, you find an American missionary there. Anywhere. You go to Gibera, they are there. So where are these guys? You go to Bolivia, you will find an American missionary there. I think the secret of your stay, say staying power, is into your generous going forth as a light to the world. Never forget that. There are so many, you, you don't understand. You go to Uganda, they are there. You go to Rwanda, they are there. There is no nation sending missionary as you are. As much as you feel dead and you look like everything is failing, it is not so. We just need to reactivate ourselves again and believe. I think we, have, we are failing to believe. The little thing that these people ask Jesus, what must we do that we may do the works of God? These guys came to him. They were expecting a formula a, 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 a strategy. But he said, no, believe in me and he who sent me to. The problem is believe. Do you believe? It's a simple word, but do you believe God will heal this church? Do you believe there's a future? Do you believe your children will come to the Lord again? Hallelujah. The, 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 this word is more relevant when Jesus uh, Lazarus was dead, and the sisters told you, had you come early, our brother, he said, I told you, if you believe, you shall see the glory of the Lord. The basic foundational thing is belief. Regardless of what is going around us, do you believe? Not in your belief, but in God's faithfulness, in God's power, in God's wisdom, in God's compassion. He's wise, he's powerful, and he's loving. He has a combination of things that can make what is impossible possible. Do you believe? Then we shall work the works of God. It is from that becomes a fountain where everything will flow. Hallelujah. And so, Paul charged Timothy never to give up on the word he received from God. And that's the thing I've come to tell you. I could teach you many things, but your relevancy. I don't think somebody comes to give you a new word for this church. I don't think it's, it's going to be quite a prophetic word, really. You've received quite many. The key is the fulfillment of what you already received. Amen? And so, the beautiful thing is you people have documented most of prophecies in that, in that room. Go revise them again. A man went to Dr. Young Joe then. He was having a tremendous, powerful church of thousands are coming to the Lord. And, and, and this is a charismatic, powerful preacher. He said, how come I preach much better than you? And people, his, people are flocking in your church. He said, he talked to God like that. I, you've given him anointing. I preach better than this man. I listen to him. It doesn't sound that great. How come people are flocking to him? And the Lord spoke to him, when I speak, he trembles, but you don't. That's the difference. Is the word of God just like a mere word of man? Or is it a word from a king, the creator of the universe? And of course, your heart to tremble. Because he watches over his word to perform it. He follows his word. The Bible says he has exalted his word above his name. His name is no good if his word is no good. Hallelujah. What he speaks is who he is. 
with his character. And so, in verse 19, the Bible says, having faith or holding faith. You know, we live in a world that is distracting us and is against everything we are doing. And therefore, the promise we received, we must hold forth faith. We must still believe. Faith claims the hope of that promise. Faith rises above the, the visible, the, 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 is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. We may not see it, we cannot see it yet with these eyes, but faith claims the promise of God nevertheless. It holds and prays and praises God as if it has happened. May your faith hold on that promise. Hallelujah. That's how we do, we war. And so, in 1 John 5, 4, the Bible says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. We will overcome the world. The world is hostile to every purpose you have. It, will, it, has, it may not fight you direct, but it will bring attraction, alluration, things that would attract you, distract you, to fulfill the work of God. But we have victory. Faith. It is seized the invisible. Hallelujah. And the other word he said that I, I want to share is that it says, and good conscience. You know, when the reason some of us our prayers are not answered, we are so, so not sure. Our conscience is troubling us. We don't have clear conscience. When we, we cannot stand in the presence of God with assurance because we don't feel forgiven. We don't feel we are released from things. I want you to know that the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience. Apply that. That he paid the price. Amen? We want to pray. But I want you to understand these are the things. Faith, holding on that faith with clear conscience. Some of us, our conscience are seared, are troubled. And because of that, we cannot pray for long because we feel the guilt. We don't feel that we are forgiven. We don't feel that we are strong enough. We don't feel like we qualify. We don't, the shame is on us. So we approach God with that attitude of not having good conscience. And therefore there's no assurance. Even begin to pray anyway. Learn to know that God has forgiven you. And that you can go back to the Lord and by his blood he can cleanse you from that. He's able to forgive you and cleanse you from all those unrighteousness. And therefore with a, a clear conscience. And stand with assurance, holding of faith before God, our faith in God, and we see God fulfill what he has promised. These are two things that you need, faith and good conscience. Heart that is cleared of bitterness. You're forgiven, and therefore you forgive. Forgive one another. That the root of bitterness is not developed in you, and therefore the grace of God is restricted, and many of us are defiled because of that. We refuse that in Jesus' name. That we shall stand in the presence of God with clear conscience. Amen? I believe that's the word I wanted to share with you today. Please remember who you are and the word you received from God. It is that's where your relevance is. We don't compare with you any other place. Praise Fellowship is unique. You have unique DNA. 
you fulfill something nobody else will fulfill. We shall not copy another. And we stand and pray together. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. As you stand, I want you to reflect on the words I've said. I say to you what I say to myself. Are you conscience clear to stand before God and feel no contamination? Our conscience is supposed to guide us, not to impress on us. Precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I want to thank you today and bless your name for these dear ones. As a community, They are in need of your presence, Lord. Not just by words, but your presence. I will bring healing that the spirit of depression that is hitting this area and sickness that is upon this community will be lifted. For when you show up, the enemy is scattered. And we say, may the Lord arise and his enemies be scattered. May the spirit of joy be upon this community again. May people find sense of joy and sense of purpose again. May the spirit of joy come to the house of God again. Father, that has depreciated and is not there. And we wonder why we go to church. Sometimes we don't even know. But David says, I was glad. And our soul, let's go to the house of the Lord. May that be our portion in the name of Jesus. That we rejoice to think of going to meet with others and just rejoice in the presence of God. And like David, we cry, restore the spirit, the joy of our salvation, Lord. Salvation is supposed to be joyful. Restore the joy of our salvation. Jesus, restore the joy of these people's salvation, dear Lord. And that sense of purpose gripped them again. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.